Be Wealthy and Smart, Episode 63. Step into a world of wealth and financial freedom without budgets, boredom or bosses on Be Wealthy and Smart. And now, here's your host, Linda P. Jones. Welcome to Be Wealthy and Smart. I'm Linda P. Jones, America's Wealth Mentor, empowering women and men worldwide to financial freedom. On today's episode, we have something really special for you. This show has been a show I've wanted to do for a long time. I'm having my favorite podcaster, yes, I'm sure you know him, Pat Flynn of Smart Passive Income. Pat has been an inspiration to me. I love his show. He's just a really sweet person who's down to earth and can show everyone how to start a business online. I've really loved his show. I wanted to bring him to you. In this episode, we really talk about where to start. What is the first thing to do? How can you really get a business off the ground and start making some income? And Pat reveals some really surprising news that he hasn't announced before and he's announcing on this show. So you'll be surprised to hear what he has to say. So without further ado, here's our next episode with Pat Flynn. I'm so excited today to have Pat Flynn on the show. Pat is not only one of my favorite podcasters and bloggers, but just a super nice guy that I've had the pleasure to meet in person and attend one of his live events. So welcome to the show, Pat. Thank you so much for having me, Linda. I'm really excited to be here. I'm excited to have you here. I have not told you that I have so enjoyed listening to your podcast and have found it so inspirational and just, you know, really I have to say you're my favorite podcaster out of the thousands out there that I've listened to. Yeah, you really are. (laughs) Thank you so much for that. I really appreciate that. I, I love that you're down to earth and you're just, you know, who you are and you're not afraid to share successes and failures and fears of public speaking and things that we all feel but we don't always all admit so right I mean I feel like you know I've been blogging for a few years now podcasting for um, a little bit less than that Uh, people love the failures people love to hear the inside scoop on the resistance that always seems to enter my life when I try something new and I think that a lot of people can relate to that because whenever we try something new right it's not easy and there's always these fears that come into play and I found that over time that I actually look for these fears now. And public speaking, like you said, was a big one. And so I took that head on and I got coaching and I just tried to conquer it. And now like I'm getting paid to speak and it's, it's just incredible the journey I've been on. Wow, and that's really an important point about looking for the fear because the fear is going to show up no matter what we do, no matter how experienced you are, when you try to get to the next level and go into a realm that you're not super familiar with, you're always gonna have fear. So I think that's, really great advice to look for it and look at, you know, stare it right in the face. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's cool. So tell us a little bit about how you got started. You know, many of us have followed you and and know some of your story about getting laid off and starting the Green Exam Academy, but could you just like give us a little bit about your background and what made you start your first blog? Sure. Well, I went to school for architecture, and when I graduated after I got a great job after graduating, I thought I was going to be doing this 
architecture thing forever. It's what I've wanted to do for most of my life, and I was really happy because I was quickly climbing the corporate ladder until 2008 when I got laid off, like you said, which was just a huge blow for me because I didn't really have a plan B. I thought it was a very secure thing that I had, and uh, even though I was the youngest person in the firm of 250 people to be promoted to a job captain, which is right under project manager, um, they, they still let me go, and it was at that point you know, after the initial shock, after getting uh, some good support and, and motivation from friends and family, uh, it was at that moment I decided, you know, I have to take control of my own destiny. I have to do my own thing. And if I, if I fail, if I get into this point again in my life where I'm feeling this low, I want it to be my own fault. You know, I want it to be because of perhaps what I didn't do right. And so it was at that point I decided to take control. And it kind of it worked out because what ended up happening was I actually discovered podcasts and I started listening to podcasts and there was one podcast in, in particular where I heard a an interview with a person who was making six figures a year helping people pass the project management exam or the PM exam and that's when a light bulb went off for me because I had helped myself pass this really difficult exam in the architecture industry called the lead exam and I had helped a few co-workers I had built this website which was essentially a blog but it wasn't really meant to be found by anyone else other than myself when I was on travel because it kept track of all my notes and it was easier to study that way and a couple of my co-workers never had any intention of turning into a, a business but that's what it ended up becoming after I discovered that when I got laid off and after I had passed the exam site just sat there I had no more use for it for maybe six months uh, I discovered that thousands of people around the world, over I think 40 or 50 countries, uh, were visiting every single day to help them pass the exam using my information. And, and it, at first it scared me because I didn't understand how Google and keyword, you know, finding people and websites and all that stuff worked. And apparently I had just written so much notes on my site that Google started to bump it to the top of rankings for keywords that were, li were related to this exam. And then I ended up opening, opening up the comments and people started to ask me questions that I knew the answer to. And I didn't know the answer to all of them, but I became this expert in their eyes. And I ended up publishing a study guide in October of 2008 to help these people pass this exam. And then followed that up with an audio guide and then practice exams. And uh, within a year after turning it on, um, I, I had built a six-figure business myself, earning over $200,000 within a year um, just from a little ebook that was selling for $19.99. And it totally changed my perspective on online business and what was possible because before that, I knew online business, you know, people were making money online and I kept seeing these get-rich-quick schemes and things like that. And I just didn't believe in any of that. I didn't really believe that online business was, was real or that you could do it in a way that was just honest. And here I was kind of accidentally put into it and I was delivering honest value to people and getting paid in return. But beyond that, I was getting these incredible thank you notes from people, handwritten thank you letters from people saying, Pat, you helped save me so many hours of, of study time. You helped me pass this exam. Here was my score. Here's the date I passed the exam. Here's my certificate. Like all this stuff showing how I've helped people. And I was like, wow, you can actually do online business in a way where everybody wins. And so that's been my business model now is just to give as much as I can and I know it's going to come back in return one way or another, maybe not right away, but over time it, it, it has and it always will. And um, in 2008, when I had all the success from, from the ebook that I had launched, I created smartpassiveincome.com because that first month I had made three times more than I had ever made in my life as an architect. And it just blew me away. So I had to share it all. And that's what I do now in smartpassiveincome.com. I share, like you said, the wins, the failures, everything I do, every strategy I use, every result of those strategies I use, some are good some are not so good but it's always a lesson and i've sort of become over time with this new site smartpassiveincome.com this 
you know, thought leader in this space, this person who is using transparency and authenticity to build a brand and show people that, uh, you know, you can build a business from scratch in an honest way where everybody wins and, and people have since created their own businesses using my strategies and examples and have been able to either create a side hustle or even fully quit their jobs and, you know, spend time, spend more time with their family or go on that vacation that they've always wanted to go on. I mean, it's so cool. And I'm just so blessed. And I'm just so thankful. And, you know, hopefully you can hear it in my voice. Like every time I tell this, it just blows me away to hear myself say like, because, you know, I, I was happy as an architect, you know, but I never thought I'd be this happy. And, and now that I have a, you know, a family, a daughter of two and, and um, a son who's four, you know, and I'm, I'm able to take him to school every day now with my wife. And, you know, people are asking me, you know, because they see both my wife and their bring him to school, take him, take him out of school, both together. And we're the, like the only couple that, that does that. And they're like, what do you guys do? Like, when do you guys work? And I'm like, <laughs> you know, my, my business is working for me like right now as we speak, cause it's up there and people can download things and buy things. And it, it's, you know, I put in the time up front and, and now it's, it's paying me back uh, right now. Wow. I love that story. And I think that we've really moved into a new era where we can have the computer work for us. There's autoresponders. We can do the work once and get paid the rest of our life, whether it's an ebook or, you know, whatever product you're making. So I definitely want to delve more into this. But, you know, you, you mentioned several things that you kind of started all at once. So you, you had the niche website, which I know you talk about. You also had a blog, and then you eventually started a podcast, and you also had an ebook. So now looking back on it, knowing all of those things that you did, if you were to start today and give advice to someone who is just wanting to start an online business today, where would you suggest that they start? Well, I would suggest just keeping your eyes and ears open for where there might be something that could be done more conveniently. You know, a lot of the things that I've built for myself that have been successful are a result of just scratching my own itch. Like that website I built to help people pass that the lead exam, that was actually built for myself. You know, I was my own target audience and I only wish that something like that had been built already, but it wasn't, so I just built it myself. And, uh, you know, Smart Passive Income became one of the first sites in the online business space to just talk about everything up front, not just the wins, not just using hype and exaggeration, but just telling it like it is. And that's something that I wish was around when I first started an online business. And many other uh, businesses I've created are just a result of finding out where that need is in that particular market and then providing that solution in the way that they want. Uh, another example of this is a recent business that I've created. And one thing I love to do on Smart Passive Income is build businesses, new businesses, completely from scratch. So this question that you're asking, I, I do this all the time. And my most recent one is a dive into the food truck industry. And after doing some research, uh, both keyword research, which is when you look to see how many times people search for different keywords in Google and then finding out, okay, well, you have this many people looking for this information on Google, is there information there to serve them? Uh, and, and in this space, there wasn't. So I built a site to help people either looking to start a food truck or those who have a food truck who want to take their uh, business to the next level. And I have just recently, or, so beyond the keyword research, there's also the actual talking to people in that industry. And that's something that's really important. When you get an idea, it, it, you pick that niche market, which is really important. And I think, you know, before anything, we have to talk about this, uh, Linda, because a lot of people, when I ask them, okay, who do you want to serve in your business? You know, their answer is everybody, right? They, they want everybody in the world to be a customer. And, you know, that'd be kind of cool. You know, there's 7 billion people in this world and <laughs> you'd be a very wealthy person if everybody was, uh, you know, if everybody was a customer. But 
the way to stand out of the crowd, the way to build a true business, the way to build a solution that will work for you long term is to niche down. So the, as they say, the riches are in the niches. And so you have to pick a particular market and then do research within that market to see, okay, where are the problem points? What are the pains and the issues that these people have? What's something that they do every day, perhaps, that they hate doing? Can you provide a solution, some information, a piece of software, perhaps? A connection with other people in that space that is that they that they, that they don't current have. Can you build that for them? Can you create that for them? And that's what they're going to end up paying for. Uh, beyond that, you have to also sort of rewind even more, and before you even start thinking about okay, what target market you should you should get into, um, you should start thinking about you know what what do you want for your life you know in the future and what what does like if you had a magic wand and could just you know, swing it around and all of a sudden your life would be the way it, 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 it should be. What would that actually be like? And so many people can't answer that question. And so they end up working and working themselves to the bone and not knowing why and feeling lost. And so it's like sort of getting into a car, just driving without putting the destination in. You know, you need to know where you're going. So what does that life look like to you? And then you can work backwards from there to create a type of business that supports that kind of lifestyle that you want. And you might find that if you only need X amount of dollars per month, if you only want to work this many hours, you might not need to make that billion dollar business that, you know, we all have this dream for. You might only need a business that supports you with $5,000 cash flow a month. And that opens up so many doors and that means also going back to the niche you don't actually need to target that many people you don't need a, a, a huge niche um, which is typically very competitive as well in order to support your lifestyle and the kind of bi the business and life that you want um, there's a great article out there by a person named Kevin Kelly uh, you can find it at kk.org I believe um, but it's called a thousand true fans and this is been an eye-opening article for a lot of people, especially people who are like freelancers and artists. And the idea is you only need a thousand true fans in this world of seven billion. If you had a thousand people who were complete, true raving fans who were to pay you, for example, a hundred dollars a year, which isn't very much money, a thousand people paying you a hundred hundred dollars a year for whatever it is that you can provide to them. That's six figures right there. And that kind of puts it in perspective to show you that you don't you actually don't need that many people to, to help support this lifestyle that you want um, and then of course going back to the actual business you know it, it's hard to say okay well you need to start an ebook you know which is what I started out with or some people do membership websites or courses or you know uh, consul consultation you know that I can't give you because it depends on who your target audience is so once you find the pains problems issues, of these people that you're targeting and you talk to them and I would recommend actually having conversations with them you know surveys are great doing just you know frontline research is, is fantastic and that helps you get started but you need to have conversations with these people you need to ask them deep questions and get five six seven levels deep into those conversations so you can understand truly what is at the root of their pain and then you can provide that solution you know people will pay for the solutions to their pains and then if you can understand their pains and understand the language that they use, that'll put you a step ahead as well because there's a great quote by Jay, Jay Abraham. He says, if you can define the problem better than your target customer, they will automatically assume that you have the solution. So if you completely understand what your audience is going through and then understand what you could do to provide that solution, I mean, you're in. And then it's about just making it in the way that they, they would want. Um, so that's that's how I would get started. So it's a little bit of a long-winded answer, but that that's a it's a definitely a big question, and hopefully I've covered uh, some of the important things there. Yeah, no, that's really good. I'll put the link to the Kevin Kelly uh, article as well on the show notes. 
Um, so how does it fit in, you know, some people say follow your passion, your purpose, and I'm hearing you say, you know, look for problems and pain, which is also another method to, you know, really solve problems. So how does passion fit in with that? I mean, I think passion is a key component, but passion can also be a little bit of a crutch. You know, some people feel like if they have this complete passion for something that they can definitely turn it into a business. And there are other people out there that might argue that, Gary Vaynerchuk being one of them. I mean, he built an entire business based off of his passion for wine. Uh, but he also, you know, aligned himself with the pain that people have with finding wines that pair with things. And, you know, his target audience was a little bit higher class and so on and so forth. Passion is great. You need passion. You have to have passion to succeed. But you don't necessarily have to build a business based on your particular passion like if you have a hobby for example that you just are completely in love with that doesn't mean you're going to succeed with it passion is just a part of that formula the other part of it is a passion for helping people and that's where i feel the passion should be and that's how i've been able to build businesses that are successful and keep with them in industries like the security guard training industry or the food truck industry and the funny thing is i don't have a food truck I don't have I don't have a license to be a security guard, or I, I am not a security guard myself. However, I've been I've been able to build these successful businesses by truly caring about this particular set of people, and helping them in the way that they need help. With the security guard site at securityguardtraininghq.com, I discovered that there was no websites out there that were very helpful to help people get started in that career. And the cool thing about that career is it's very entry level. You don't need too much education, but you do you do need a little bit of training before you can go out on the field and start training and getting hired as a security guard in most states in the U.S. And so I was there to be able to provide solutions for people, depending on what state they're from, uh, work that nobody else had put in yet. And because I put in the work up front, that site has continued over the past four years to pay me two to four thousand dollars a month without you know, putting more than an hour of work into it every month now. Um, so passion is important. And, 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 you know, you might want to start there because those are areas where you can perhaps provide solutions for. But there's more to it than just your passion. There's the problems and the pains. And so combining all those things together would help. And one thing that might help you get started if you're still trying to think about, okay, well, what can, what, what can I do to help, help solve people's problems? You might ask yourself, well, what do people come to you for advice for? You know, what's something that other people would say you're good at? You can start there, but then continue to do research. A lot of people make the mistake of, okay, thinking you know, maybe they're really good at something. They built a site about it, but then they discover that you know, perhaps there's other people out there who are providing the same information or you know, people aren't necessarily in pain with that particular problem that you could solve if you're just going with passion. Okay, so let's say you did the research, just like you did on the security guard training, and you found something that looked really open and something that you could add value to. What did you do after that? How did you study that in order to be able to provide value on something that you weren't really familiar with? Yeah, well, I think the other thing that goes along with all this in terms of research is seeing what, who, who else or what else is out there that's serving this audience. And the thing is a lot of people come across during the research other websites that talk about the same thing or talk about the same topic, and then they stop moving forward because they're like, oh, well, somebody else has already, you know, entered this space. Um, I, I did a, a quick search here in San Diego, you know, the, I, I always use this analogy, just within like a 10 mile radius of where I, or where I live, there's like 40 different dry cleaners. You know, there's so many different of the same ty types of businesses, but they all, they all serve a different location, but they all do it a different way as well. So, you know, first of all, you have to understand that if there's competition out there, that validates the, your idea. 
that shows that yes, there is a market for it and other people are already doing it. But that also gives you an advantage coming in late because you're able to come in and see what's already being provided, but also what's missing. You can go into the comments, you can read Twitter feeds from these people and, and understand, okay, well, they're not giving it all, or perhaps their audiences, you know, wants more of something. Um, you can even pick the best of each of those different websites or brands that are out there and, and create your own super brand based off of what people are liking and, and staying away from what people don't like. And so validation is really important too. And that, that's what helps you validate. I would be worried if you were going into a particular space and there was no website out there. Now I knew that, for example, the security guard training site, there were, there were sites out there that were, that were helpful, but they weren't as helpful as they should be. Same with the food truck site. They were, there were sites out there that were serving this audience, but they weren't doing it in a way that I knew could be done better. And so validation uh, is important as well. But once you get that idea and once you're rolling with it, you know, uh, then, then it's about building your audience. And I think, you know, there's a lot of different ways to do that. It depends again on what that solution might be. If you're going to get into software, for example, which is something I'm very excited about, what a lot of people do, and there's a great episode out there of the Smart Passive Income Podcast, number 46, with Dane Maxwell. He talks about his strategy for building businesses. Is he's, he picks a small business in, in his local area and just has a conversation with them, like I said before, a phone conversation, and starts to ask questions and discover something that they do repetitively that he can then create a solution for. And then he actually gets that business to help pay to get that thing built. So this is software specifically and going into something like small businesses or, you know, thinking about the audience and, and, and if they would have money to spend as well is, a, is an important thing. You know, that's that's why people who target, for example, uh, artists or, you know, high school kids, they have a little bit harder time trying to monetize because, you know, high school kids, they don't necessarily have the money to spend or artists, you know, they have their starving artists. So uh, they might not necessarily have that much money to spend, but that doesn't mean you can't do it. It just means it's going to be a little bit more difficult. But then as you go along, you start to build that audience, um, whether it's a software or not. I mean, if it's, you know, I think if you're just starting out, one of the best things to do is just start to, you know, that's why I love blogging and, I, and why I love podcasting, because you get to share information, you get to build audience, build credibility. You could perhaps do interviews and associate with other people who are already ahead of you in this industry, which will get you authority by association. This is how people like John Lee Dumas from Entrepreneur on Fire have become so popular. He's interviewed hundreds of amazing entrepreneurs and just from that association with them and being the person who's interviewing and getting that information i mean not only is he learning from them but he's also just being associated with them and that's how he's been able to build a six-figure month business uh which is which is crazy but again just providing value building that audience building relationships with people and doing what you can from the beginning to serve those people. That's how you start to build raving fans. That's how you begin to get people to start talking about you and what you're doing. And then at, at, at eventually you'll be able to uh, be, be able to see what products you'd be able to create just from the conversations that your audience is having and the problems that they have as well. Um, and, and once you start to open up as the expert, they're going to come to you and say, hey, I need, I need this, I need that, and then you can build it for them. And the thing about the expert thing is uh, you know, a lot of people feel like you know, oh, well, I'm not, I'm not exactly an expert in this, so, so, you know, am I qualified to do this? Well, if you do the research, and, or if, even if you just know a little bit more than somebody else, I feel like that qualifies you as an expert. So if you are the one who's willing to put in the time and effort to figure out what would help people, then that's definitely something people would, would be worth paying for or paying attention to. Right. <clears throat> yeah. Wow. Well, what about, like, when you're teaching people to do niche websites? Do you have, like, a particular format, like, 
you start the site and then you start a blog and then you do videos or do you have like a progression of things that you do that you put the content in? Yeah, I used to have a very specific A, B, C, you know, step by step, but I feel like it, it, there, there's, there's some variables in there. Like I definitely feel like picking the right niche and there's certain qualifiers for, you know, moving forward and things like that. But once you start to build your platform, then it's up to you and what you feel comfortable doing and also what your audience would most benefit from. For example, with the food truck website, I always thought it was just going to be purely text, you know, blogs, things like that. But I found out through research that my audience, people who are on food trucks, they don't, they, they're on food trucks like 16 hours a day working and traveling and prepping and they're preferring the podcast actually so i created a podcast to help serve them in that way because they don't necessarily have time to read so i'm, I'm big on the podcast with the food truck industry and so it depends on you and what you're comfortable with, with because you might not be ready for uh, a podcast or you might not be ready to get behind a camera on video um, so maybe a blog is the answer or maybe you're not a great writer but you're fantastic on video maybe video is your primary format but you also have to think about the audience and how they're going to consume content as well and that sort of becomes whatever that primary platform becomes that that's that's your home base and then whatever else you do beyond that starts to point people toward that and then i think the most important thing to realize and a big mistake that i made when i first started was not building that email list so no matter what you end up doing you always want to bring people back to a, a some sort of website or a landing page to start building that email list because that's then your conduit for being able to sell being able to make direct connections being able to build a relationship in a very personal way uh, through email um, to be able to ask questions and get feedback and, and things like that. So building that email list is going to help you. Um, and, and I made the mistake twice, both on Green Exam Academy and SmartPassiveIncome.com, of not building that email list right from the start. And there are there are a lot of services out there that can help you do that, like Aweber and Mailchimp and you know Constant Contact. Uh, I'm not sure, uh, Linda, which one you use or recommend, but they, but they're all good. The purpose is you got to collect those email addresses, and they allow you to not only email in mass all of your subscribers at one time but they could allow you to use automation like an autoresponder so when people subscribe on day one for example you might have some emails that you've already written that go out you know seven days after and then email three goes out seven days after that and i for example on smart passive income have about 50 emails that go out throughout the whole year so once people subscribe i'm able to keep in constant contact with them build a relationship with them automatically through my autoresponder and then when i send a broadcast email to perhaps promote something or direct people towards something a webinar or, or a particular blog post or whatever they're more likely to open it they're more likely to take action on it and i've sort of trained them over time to um, you know respond to the emails that they send out yeah, and that is so incredible because autoresponders are like the simplest thing, right? But they are so powerful, and I think people really overlook the power that they have because it does, I mean, talk about passive income. It is completely passive because you've figured out a way to automate things and drive people to a blog post that, that might have affiliate links or things like that that can help them and that also monetize yeah, definitely. It's 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 definitely one of the most underutilized marketing strategies out there. And, you know, it's not, it's not just all about marketing, too. Again, it's an autom automated way to build a relationship and provide value over time. And, uh, you know, I'm really glad you also talked about affiliate marketing because that's another thing. You know, a lot of people, when they build this audience, they're like, okay, now I have to build a product. And creating a product from scratch, 
uh, can be difficult. It can take a long, a long time, and you might miss out on some some time to, to potentially sell something else. And that's why I like affiliate marketing, which has a very negative connotation in the online world, just because of how people abuse it. But if you do it correctly, it can actually work for everybody's favor. So affiliate marketing is when you sell somebody else's or some other company's product, and then you get a commission if some somebody goes through a special link that connects you to to that product. Um, you know, a lot of people use that because it's quite easy to get affiliate links for different products, and there are some products out there with very attractive commission rates. Uh, but a, a lot of people don't build that relationship first. But b, some people who do build that relationship abuse it because they feel like, okay, now that I've earned the trust of my audience, I'm going to pitch this product that has a great commission that maybe they haven't used before. Maybe maybe they don't know what the experience is like when people go through that product. So I personally make sure that I use the products and know the products that I'm promoting, even though they're not mine. And that's how I've been able to actually make most of my money on smartpassiveincome.com is through recommending products that I know are going to be helpful. That way it's a win uh, for my audience because they're getting a tool or a resource that's extremely helpful. It's a win for me because I get a commission. And it's a win for the person who owns that product and, and they uh, you know, know that I'm helping them and, and will do you know, perhaps throw in bonuses or something for my audience as well. So affiliate marketing is huge. Email is huge. And, and imagine, like, somebody subscribes to your email list, and then, you know, a week later they get some value-packed email. It just blows them out of the water. They, they start to build trust with you. Next week, some case study that you do, and it just, again, blows them out of the water. And then week three, again, this is all automatic. You've written these emails before. Is perhaps a promotion to a product that you use that you have an affiliate relationship with and you get a commission. So you have that link in that email or maybe it's a link to a blog post which has a link to this particular product that will, if people go through that link, get you a commission. And it's all automated, but you've been able to provide value and then earn people's trust, but also continue to provide value by sharing these products that are actually gonna help them, but also help you in making a commission as well. Again, it's completely automated once you set it all up. It's just a matter of trying it, experimenting, seeing what works, seeing what doesn't, and hopefully getting uh, good examples from other people who are doing it as well. So you have about 50 autoresponders. How many do you add per year, or do you just add when you get an idea, or how do you decide when to add to that? Great question. I initially started with about 30. Um, actually, I mean, I would say 10, but then I was kind of in the email autoresponder mode, so I, I added 10 more the next week and 10 more the next week just so I can get ahead of myself. And now I have 50, and I just kind of add more at the end of that over time, and people who are already at the end of that sequence get it as if it was a broadcast because it just goes out the next time it's available. Um, but people who sign up on day one, you know, they go through, and then there's 51 emails. And if I run another one later, when they get to 51, then they get to 52 after that. So, you know, I continually add more over time. Um, and, and then even with email, like down the road, this is sort of more advanced, but there's there's there are tools out there that will help you segment your lists and be able to find out, okay, well, this person seemed to click on links related to podcasts. So he or she must be interested in podcasts. So once they click on that link, they get tagged as sort of podcast or interested in podcasts, and they might go down a whole completely new set of autoresponders that are podcast-centric and might sell them into a podcasting product at the end of that. Maybe there's another person who seems to be interested in video, who doesn't even see the podcasting sort of uh, track, but then they get put into a funnel that's all about video. I mean, there's so many amazing things that are able to be done now automatically with the tools, resources, and services that are available to us that have never been available to us before. Exactly. Do you also do a newsletter? 
I do a newsletter every once in a while. I mean, sometimes it's a recap of blog posts that have been very popular as of late that I share in case people miss it. Um, every once in a while, I'll put a, a newsletter out through my email list. Again, these are broadcast emails that are sent out to everybody of something, you know, a milestone that, that may have passed recently. I recently sent, sent one out, I believe, for passing 10 million uh, podcast downloads, uh, which I was super stoked about, uh, just to get everybody excited. And, and you know, that, that is more of a time-sensitive uh, thing. I wouldn't put that I got 10 million downloads in, for example, my next autoresponder email, because if somebody signs up today, when they get to that email next year, it, it's going to be out of date. So make sure that in your autoresponder sequence, those are timeless, evergreen type of emails. Uh, and then the broadcast can be a little bit more, you know, time-sensitive. Yeah, so the, the broadcast kind of keep people up to date on what you're doing, like when you went to Australia and spoke, that was a really mm -hmm. fun one that you sent out. Thank you. All about, yeah, the pilot and everything, that was great. Um, okay, so I see how that, that is operating. That's really cool. So, you know, Pat, there's a lot of podcasters who have started a podcast and have yet to monetize their podcast, and I think it's one of the tragedies of our industry where... You know, they're trying with some affiliate links maybe to get um, people to sponsor their show or, you know, use that as a sponsor. What advice can you give to podcasters to get their shows monetized? Sure. I mean, there's different there's a lot of different ways to monetize. You mentioned sponsorships, and, that, and, and that's, you know, that's a great way to go about it, uh, although it does cut into your airtime a little bit. But there's nothing wrong with that. That's something I've learned over time and something I was very scared of doing. But after implementing uh, sponsorships after episode 97 of the Smart Passive Income podcast, I, I haven't heard any complaints. And it's always because the companies that I align myself with that are sponsoring the show are ones that I know will provide value. So always keep that in mind. I mean, you, you've heard me say this already dozens of times on the show. It's just provide value, serve your audience in every way possible. Sometimes you might get paid for it right away, sometimes not, but it's always gonna come back at you. As long as you serve your audience and worry about them and make them first priority in all your decisions, it's gonna help you out and uh, for all your decision-making down the road. Uh, but beyond sponsorships, there's a lot of different ways to get paid, and that is through, like I said, making sure you're building that relationship, but then you have a call to action within your podcast to bring people back to your website. Maybe it's to an article that has an affiliate link, or maybe it's to a specific product but i mean the main thing i think and this is a lot of podcasters who do well with monetization outside of sponsorship i think they would agree with me it's all about the email list getting people into that email list and having the email list work for you having them go down those funnels or go into that sequence where then eventually over time they get uh, those products and services that you share and recommend whether they're your own or somebody else's so providing value getting people back on your website to subscribe to your list would be the best way to go about it and then you know, really drawing a map out. I think that's one thing that we should all be doing in our businesses if you have one already, or even if you don't, just you want to see where people come from, you know, what are their traffic sources, what happens when they go to your page, and what is the one thing or two things you want people to do when they get there? And then are you making that clear? Are you making that easy for them to do? Whether it's subscribe to your list or buy this particular product or whatever the case may be, are you making it easy for them to do? And then you draw from there, okay, once they do that, this happens. If they go here, this happens. Uh, you know, drawing that whole map out and understanding the flow of how people go through your website is really important. And it, I know it's hard. It's hard because a website, we only see one page at a time. But if you draw it out, maybe on a whiteboard or using a mind mapping tool, uh, it could really, really help, help your business. You know, I'd love to, to hear you do a podcast about that if you haven't already. Oh, that, that's a great idea, Linda. No, I haven't done that yet. Yeah, that would be really spectacular to see how you draw that out. And I think that would be really interesting to a lot of people. Thank you. 
So in closing, tell me, what do you think is the future of podcasting? And particularly, what are your goals for the future? Well, podcasting is definitely here to stay. A lot of people uh, are, are wondering what the future of podcasting is like. And I think we're still at the infancy. I mean, I think we are starting to see it go mainstream now. So we're starting to see a lot more people getting into the space. There's still only about 250,000 active podcasts, which is nothing compared to the, you know, 400 million blogs, active blogs that are out there. So it's still wide open, but it's also still the wild, wild west. And there's still companies who are just now catching on with how many people are pod- are, are getting into podcasts. Regular people are starting to know what podcasts are. I mean, if you went into the street and asked somebody what a podcast was, you know, three years ago, uh, people would look at you like you were weird. Uh, but now most people or a lot of people are starting to understand what it is and what the benefit is, you know, being able to listen. And, and, and get content on the go and subscribing to a show without having to manually download each episode. I mean, it's just incredibly valuable. Uh, cars like BMW and other cars uh, manufacturers are putting podcast uh, apps right in their dashboard. Uh, the iOS 8 um, for Apple, it, the, the podcast app is completely <coughs> native now, so you cannot delete it from your app anymore. Um, and so that is just a sign that, you know, big things are coming for, for podcasts. But what that means now that it's becoming mainstream is that a lot more people are going to come into it. Um, and so you're going to have to make sure that you always provide that content. And you, first of all, you niche down, but also you provide that content. You make great audio quality, but with great shows that people can't wait for the next episode for. And that's how you stay, that's how you'll stand out, just like with your blog now. Um, so make sure you do that straight away from the beginning here with your podcast. And, and you'll see success with it, I feel. And then also making sure to understand, okay, it's not just about the show, but what happens after the show, getting people back to your website. And I think you'll see a lot more of that as well. We're also starting to see a lot more seasonal type of podcasts. Um, there are shows that are doing really well now, like Serial from NPR and also Startup of Alex Bloomberg, which are really cool and super high quality. If you listen to those and listen to shows like mine, it doesn't compare. I mean, they're production quality is so much better than mine and i think we're going to see a lot more mainstream media companies getting on board and telling stories and doing newscasts and things like that that are just completely high quality um and i think a lot of us are going to have to step up our game a little bit to to stand out yeah but what are your plans for your podcast for my podcast uh well i have the smart passive income podcast and i continue to go weekly with that um i also have a second podcast called ask pat which is five days a week which is uh, approaching three million downloads in less than a year right now which i'm really excited about and that's going to continue to roll out and that, a lot of people are actually enjoying that show some even more so than my my other one because it's uh, a lot shorter and more to the point um Look out for me to be doing another podcast, actually, come January. <laughs> so really? I'm starting a new one uh, with a good friend of mine. You might know him, Linda. His name's Chris Ducker. <laughs> yes. So he and I are doing something together. I haven't announced that to anybody yet, so you, you're the first to hear about that. Uh, but uh, we got something big planned for next year, and, and the podcast is going to help support that. So we're really excited about that. And uh, I think you're going to also hear me try to see what I can do to, to up the you know, to up the experience of listening to the podcast, maybe getting some live recordings in there. On, not not live, live, but, you know, sort of like what the NPR people do. They, they record, you know, on the street and you hear the background noise. It's just really interesting and it makes this full, fully built experience like you're there. I want to put more of that in my podcast as well and, and just experiment with it. I want to see what happens. And, uh, you know, I love testing new things and seeing what works and what doesn't. Wow. Well, Pat, you are beloved by so many, and I'm sure 
everyone who's listening has already listened to your podcast, but um, how would they find you if they haven't already been familiar with it? Well, if you go to smartpassiveincome.com, you can find me there. And also, uh, I have a dom- uh, personal domain at patflynn.com, which will soon be updated with um, a lot more information. Currently, it shows a lot of the projects I, I work on, but it's a static site, but it's going to change. And so patflynn.com. Um, and from there, you'll be able to connect with me on, on most of the social media platforms and things like that. Um, Linda, it's just thank you so much for having me on and, and, and allowing me to share my story and some tips with you. This has been amazing. Oh, it's been my pleasure. This is so great. And... You know, I just am so inspired by you and the millions of lives you've touched, the millions of downloads you have. I just am excited to see what happens in the next year to five years with you and your podcast. I know it's going to be huge. Thank you so much. My pleasure. Thanks for being on the show, Pat. My pleasure. If you haven't yet signed up for my 21 Days to a Wealthy Mindset, please go to my website, lindapjones.com, and sign up now. What are you waiting for? Your wealth is searching for you. I really appreciate all the people that have left reviews for the show. It means so much to me, and I love hearing your feedback. It's the only way I really get communication from you. So I love to hear and read your reviews. And to reward you for doing them, I also have a 20-minute audio, Secrets of Billionaires, that I put together to thank you for taking a moment to list your ratings and reviews. There's two ways you can do that. You can either go to iTunes and leave it under Ratings and Reviews, or you can go to my website and go to Podcasts and leave a rating and review by clicking on the link that tells you how to get there. So either way, it will take you to the same place to leave a rating and review on iTunes. So you can go to lindapjones.com forward slash podcasts, or you can go to iTunes to my Be Wealthy and Smart show and go to ratings and reviews and leave one there. Thank you so much for doing that. It is so, so special to hear from you, and it means so much to me. Thank you so very much. Thank you for listening to Be Wealthy and Smart with Linda P. Jones. Share the wealth and tell your family and friends about the show. Check out our website, blog, and social media for more riches at www.bewealthyandsmart.com.